you really do want to take a look at your day and start moving things around and realize when you start getting bigger and better results and it will make such a difference. Welcome to the Productivity is Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the program, I am joined by Chris Ward. Chris is the director of a marketing and branding company. It was through her work there that she learned a great deal about productivity versus being busy. Her work with other small business professionals led to the creation of Win the Hour, win the day. And today we're going to talk about how you can win the day and winning the day in general. This has been a conversation that's been in the making for quite some time. I'm happy to bring it to you. There's lots to take in. So I'm just going to get right to it. Here's my conversation with Chris Ward here on the Productivityist podcast. I'd like to welcome Chris Ward to the Productivityist podcast. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So it's not often, although I think I'm saying this less frequently now, it's not often I get, you know, someone who is also from my home and native land to be on the show. Chris Bailey's been on the show before, Paul Jarvis. Uh, I know I'm missing some people now. Um, but it's it's always gratifying to be able to talk to a Canadian and finally be you know, finally be able to let the you know let the hoose in a boot start to fly. <laughs> yes, I am Canadian, out and about. <laughs> <laughs> so um I want to, first off, for those who don't know who you are, we were talking about how we got acquainted uh, through Instagram, which is an area that, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm always trying to figure that this kind of stuff out, we, whether it's worth the time, whether how much time to spend on it, there's got to be a strategy behind it. I've got some tools that help me with that, obviously. But can you share with people who are listening right now who you are and, and um, you know, kind of what your, what, what does productivity mean to you? I think we'll go there first. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a big question, but let's just get, get right into it. Okay. What does productivity mean to me? Well, it really means to me, it's about being able, you know, when I think about business, you want to be able to support yourself, yourself and your business and your dreams. But really, more importantly, you want to have a personal life. And I think business should be fun. And I think business should support your life and not consume it. And that to me is freedom and productivity. So your story, um, and it, I did not know this about you until I, you know, kind of went through what you sent me in advance. But I mean, a lot of people when they when they kind of de define productivity as you have, most people think about it being efficient, being effective, checking off as many boxes as possible. But it often takes, you know, a watershed moment or a moment of adversity to kind of make you rethink that whole idea, because I don't think that way either. Um, I want you to share that, that there is like a, a specific moment um, where kind of things changed for you. And I'd love for you to share that with, with people today. Okay. So <laughs> I have a number of moments. I'm not exactly sure which one. So let me dive in. Um, I have a, I have a marketing agency and I was in business for, I'd say about four years. And I one day looked around and I thought I'm working crazy hours, crazy hours. And in fact, I almost electrocuted myself. And I talk about this in the book and uh, just because I was in a rush and I'm what I now describe as a recovering rushaholic. So I thought something has to change. I just knew I couldn't keep it up at that pace and it wasn't good for me or anyone around me. So I wasn't being productive. I was just always in this panic and a rush. So I started to really, you know, take a look at things and examine productivity 
feverishly because what I realized is I had subscribed to the old way of doing things where your personal life pays the price, where you're working harder and harder, you're buying new technology, you're burning out, you're repeating the cycle, and it just wasn't working. So I also felt I did get a lot done in a day. So I had this big pushback about time management because I thought, you know, I get a lot done in a day, but I needed something even more because I had all these big dreams and I wanted to get these big things out. So I really started to dive deep into what productivity would look like and, you know, really just examine it with a fine tooth comb. And I started to see some really significant changes. So I was working like 16 hours a day and then I was getting down to like seven and I was just all these wonderful things were happening for me and the schedule was clearing up and things were getting done. And I just thought this is amazing. It was a complete turnaround. And and probably maybe the point you're talking about is, you know, luckily that all happened for me because it was just a couple of years later after that, that my husband had been diagnosed with colon cancer and I had been pulled away from the business. And I would say really, I was away from the business for about two years. And when I returned to the business after he passed away, my business not only had survived, but it had thrived. And when it became public about his death, my clients did not know anything about that. And they were shocked. They just had no idea. And so they started to sort of gently approach me and say, you know, how did you manage all this? We didn't know what was going on. We knew none of this. And on the side note, take all the emotion out of it, even just his treatments and surgeries and appointments, that in itself was more than a full-time job. So they started to sort of ask me more and more in depth about this. And I started working with them, which was very helpful to me in the grieving process because I really like helping people and I wanted people to have a real quality of life. And they really started to see these results where they were getting rid of 80% of their to-do list, 100% of their guilt. They didn't have to do things anymore that they you know, hated, that they didn't have time for. They were able to get all their dream projects out and really create new revenue streams and start taking real vacations. you know. And so then I thought, hey, let's help more people. And so that's when I thought, let's sit down and write this book, Win the Hour, Win the Day, and so that we can get this in more hands and so people can stop grinding it out because I just don't think that's the path to success. I love how you start. And I think one of the things that that a lot of people kind of get caught up in when it comes to any kind of formula or framework is they get caught up in the big picture stuff right away, which, which, you know, it was a big picture event. Uh, yeah, I was alluding to, you know, uh, you being widowed um, when we were talking about that uh, just before the yeah. last question, but it takes like that big life moment is, is something that, you know, you, A, you can't anticipate and B, you have to, you know, persevere and be resilient when something like that happens. But a lot of people, when they're looking at these big picture systems, they're thinking about, you know, the life goal and the life vision and stuff like that. And I know when I've spoken to my my podcast, my former podcast partner, Michael Schechter, uh, you know, he, we talked about, you know, he just wants to get through the day and win the hour. That's even that's even a smaller increment of time in a day. So can you talk about like and we'll get into the freedom formula in a little bit, but I want to uh, touch on the idea of why it's so important for people to win that hour so that they can you know, build upon that to win the day. Yeah, that's a great place to start. So what I really believe in is, you know, if you win the hour, you can win the day. And that too many people, so many small business and entrepreneurs, what happens is you just dive into your workday. I know I did with my mighty to-do list in hand. 
And I was certain Monday morning, for some reason, I thought Monday was a longer day that I would take over the world. It would be fine. And you start checking things off your to-do list. And that's great, except what happens is you don't know the second item on the list might be two hours, the third item might be two days. You don't know, right? So there's no mapping and there's no planning. And how I view it is the calendar is really your time bank account. And so many people only put external appointments on their calendar. They'll say, well, I do that every day. I don't have to put that on my calendar. I know to do it. And to me, that's like saying, hmm, that's like not counting your car payment out of your bank account because, oh, that comes out every month. I know that. Don't worry about it. So we're not counting that. But the funds are gone, right? So what I want people to be is accountable to their hour because you cannot improve what you don't measure. So if you don't have these things on your calendar and say, well, what am I going to do for this one hour? And I, you know, being a big fan of your podcast, we could have a whole nother podcast show just on focus because that's part of the problem. But focusing on one hour, what is my attention? What's my best efforts? And so then you can leverage your time more effectively, understanding where your successes are in the day and what works, but doing one thing at a time, doing one hour at a time, no heavy, complicated systems that people get all pushed back. Like they think you have to break down to 15 minute intercals. And I'm talking about, you know, some big structure that you implement into your calendar and it's this heavy system that is just more time consuming, more distracting. That's not what it's about. Basic stuff. Just focus on one hour at a time and use your calendar like your time bank account. So do you put, and I mean, this is something more specific for me to ask because I, I, I get a lot of questions when it comes to time crafting, but like, oh, is it whenever I've been interviewed or discussed about my, my methodology, they say, oh man, that seems like, that seems really rigid. It seems really, cause you know, the daily theming, all that yeah, stuff yeah. that I throw in place, mode-based work. Um, do you throw, like when you talk about the calendar being your bank account, are you very specific about what you do in the calendar? So are you putting very specific tasks for those hours in your calendar so that you're filling it up kind of like the idea of if, you know, what doesn't get scheduled, doesn't get done, or do you have more broad strokes there? No, what I like to do is lends into another thing we talk about in the book, which I call working backwards. And almost all of us do this in our personal life, but we don't do this at work, right? We just dive in enthusiastically to a project, especially when we're really excited about a new project or new client and things like that. But we do this in our personal life. Let's say you have to be at the dentist, I don't know, Saturday morning at 11. And you start working backwards. Okay, it's 11. It's an hour away. I have to get this set one up and I have to do that. And all of a sudden you realize I have to be up at nine and out the door by 930 or something to get where I want to be by 11, whatever, right? So you do the math, you work backwards. And so what happens with projects, you just dive in with this to-do list and just give it, you know, full steam ahead and get all excited, but you don't have any plan. So what I like to do is work backwards. That's the first thing. If you want to execute a project, work backwards. So for me, when I was writing the book, I did the math and I want the book to come out in June. I said, okay, what does that look like? So I learned that I had to do five pages a day to meet my goal. Now that really held me accountable because otherwise I think, oh, when I feel good on Friday, I'll just bang out a whole bunch. Like you'd be overly optimistic and you couldn't, you know, you can't improve what you don't measure. So I realized I do five pages a day. Now there was some days where I thought, oh, I don't think I have five pages in me. Mm -hmm. But then I was realizing, if I don't have five pages in me today, I will not have 10 in me tomorrow or 15 the next day. So it kept me on track. So really it's about breaking your work down, 
hour by hour and saying, okay, I also knew that I needed to do it when I was freshest, first thing in the morning, get it done, instead of looking for excuses all day not to, you know, dive into it. So I, the first and the biggest thing was I would be talking about your bigger projects, work backwards, start with a deadline, work your way backwards, look at your time, bank account. And then it also lends itself to when you have other things in your calendar that you do daily, then you realize, oh, I only have an hour or two a day that could possibly be wiggle room if I change my priorities. So it's really taking an inventory of what your resources are instead of trying to outrun the clock. And, and it's interesting with with mine. There's a lot of similarities and a lot of congruence. I know we, you know, you've, you've touched on this with with some of the stuff we've chatted about. But the idea of like today is my listening day. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so I do a lot of audio work. And for me, it's important to try to, you know, for lack of a better term, batch those things into one day because then my focus, which you've alluded to, can be on that thing, that overarching focus. It doesn't mean. And I, and I I think that you can break this down to the win the hour, win the day elements too. It doesn't mean that that's the only thing that I give my focus to because there are things that could come my way. And clearly you've, 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 you know, that's happened with you and your team as well. Things can come and you have to be able to deal with them. Um, so how, when someone has, you know, kind of looking at this win the hour, win the day ideal, um, and it's, it's, it's doable. The question is, is, you know, when, when they, the biases that show up, right? Like, oh, well, you know, there's, I don't have as much control over my time as I think, or there's going to be interruptions. So why bother? Like, how do you help people break through those biases so that they can actually adopt it? Because there is some basic stuff here that isn't, it's not rocket science, but we tend to get in our own way about it. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's, you know, what I hear a lot, oh, you don't understand my business is different, right? My industry is different. My situation is different. And they're just basic principles in business and success. And they operate regardless of what your, you know, what your business is. And frankly, in some ways, we have it so much easier. I mean, if you even think about high level athletes or the music industry, those are all still businesses. And you don't get to call in sick on the day of the Olympics because you got a head cold. Like, so their deadlines are pretty severe. So we want to be thankful for ours, right? So yeah, that's something I hear a lot. And I think, no, 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 my, my situation is different. And I know for me, you know, when I, uh, before I even wrote the book, one of the clients I worked with was uh, a lady that had a real estate agency out of Buffalo. And she became a client of mine. And they've got a lot of variables in the real estate industry because, you know, all of a sudden somebody's buying a house on Monday that, you know, wasn't on Friday and three day turnaround. There's all these variables. And this particular uh, client of mine also had triplets. <laughs> so teenage yeah. triplets. And we worked together and she was shocked that not only could she cut her workload in half, but she said to me, you know, oh my gosh, she said she made more money. That was the most money she'd ever made in 10 years of doing this. And she worked the least amount of hours. So it's hard to dive into specifics, you know, without with an imaginary client here, as we discussed this on a podcast. But I will tell you that we hear that all the time from people we work with. I don't, you don't understand, I won't have control over my day. But I think you'd be surprised when you start putting things in place 
how it falls into you know, a pattern. So I very much believe in batch working, uh, because it just works on so many levels. Right. So I might say to somebody, do you, can we do that appointment on Thursday? And they say, yes. Yeah. So then the next person I'm talking to, it's like, Hey, I'm, cause I want to line up back to back calls. So I'm like, Hey, are you available Thursday? Cause I asked first instead of waiting for them to ask me, you know what? I can do Thursday. Okay. So then I'm going to find that you know, 75, 80% of the people, if not a hundred, yeah, it can go on that day. So, and then when you get into that pattern, you, it just lends itself to success where you can say, well, we meet every week. Why don't we keep that your day? You know, so you be surprised at first, it seems not doable, but when you start moving little things around, you will find that the batch work is doable. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. All right, we're going to take a break from my conversation with Chris, but when we come back, we're going to dig into what she calls the freedom formula, and you're going to want to stick around for that. But you know what else can be really freeing for you? Education, continuing education, and the UCI Division of Continuing Education is here to help you with that awesomeness. See, the UCI Division of Continuing Education offers courses and certifications taught by industry practitioners in a wide range of categories, from business and leadership to tech, project management, law, engineering, human resources, and over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies programs, both on campus and online, designed for the working professional like you. 100% online courses offer convenience and flexibility and a real immersive online classroom experience where you can even collaborate with your peers. And there's open enrollment. What that means is there's no application to complete at all. You just log in and sign up. You can advance your career in as little as six months. That's a huge time saver to becoming awesome, right? And you can pay for a single course or enroll in an entire certificate program. You have full control over your academic plan. And here's the thing. The UCI Division of Continuing Education can help you gain an edge in your career. They can help you make a career transition or simply help you become more knowledgeable. If you want to take advantage of this awesomeness today, registration's open. So visit ce.uci.edu slash productivityist and enter the promo code TIMECRAFTING for 15% off of one course. That's ce.uci.edu slash productivityist, promo code TIMECRAFTING, and get 15% off of one course. Now, this offer is only valid until December 31st, 2019 at 11.59 p.m., so you want to do this now. Go be more awesome and register for a UCI Division of Continuing Education program today. Speaking of learning, I've got something that I want to teach you over a 30-day period. It's called 30 Days of Time Crafting, and it's my new program that's going to give you the foundational components of my personal productivity methodology and philosophy known as 
Time Crafting. Now, this is a fairly new initiative if you're listening to this right as this podcast comes out, but I'm really excited because it's going to be something that I'm going to be adding to and remixing and all that stuff over the life of the product, and it's only $5. It's inspired by uh, a lot of different things, but if you go to productivityist.com slash $5, and I'll put a link to this, of course, in the show notes, you're going to learn more about what this program has to offer, including what created the idea in my head to put this together in the first place. So if you want to learn how to theme your days, how to work by modality, the importance and benefits of productive journaling, building routines, all that stuff over a 30-day period, which you can take all at once over a 30-day period, or you can spread it out however you see fit, however you learn best. This is the way to do it. In fact, you won't be able to buy any other digital products from me other than 30 days of time crafting going forward. So if you want to get the basics of time crafting and start to build from there over a 30-day period, check out 30 days of time crafting today. That's productivityist.com slash $5. It's the $5 guarantee and it's the best $5 you can spend today. Maybe you're a visual learner and if you are, then I've got something for you that you should definitely check out. It's something that I've been working on more consistently since late 2019. We're talking actually like October, November. It's my YouTube channel. That's right. I want to give you the opportunity to check out my YouTube channel now. It's really simple. It's Productivityist on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com slash user slash Productivityist, it'll be there. Sometimes it falls under Time Crafting TV, but nonetheless, I'm posting new videos there every single week. We're doing videos that are how-to oriented. We're doing videos that are more uh, short films and creative stuff because it allows me to tell a different kind of story, something that you can't necessarily do through the writing that I do or this podcast. So I encourage you to check out my YouTube channel. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And again, just look up Productivityist on YouTube. You'll find it there. I've got a new series too that I'm working on. So it's going to be like an episodic kind of thing where I put something through the paces for two weeks. It's applying the principles of Josh Kaufman's the first 20 hours. Josh has been on the show before as well as Scott Young's ultra learning. And Scott's been on this show before as well. And I'm going to apply that to an app, uh, a tool, a process, things like that over a two week period. And then you can see whether or not it's going to fit into my workflow. And if it does, how it will fit into my workflow. But that's kind of the way that I can can help you learn more about apps and processes and, and tools that you can use to be more productive. So I encourage you to check out, the series is called Two Weeks Notice and it's only available on my YouTube channel. So check out Productivityist on YouTube today and start learning visually you don't just have to hear my voice. You can look at me while I'm doing, while I'm teaching you as well. So there you go. Again, I'd love it if you subscribed and hit the notification bell and all that fun stuff over at YouTube. Again, it's YouTube Productivityist. That's that's the channel. That's where I'd like you to go. And I encourage you to check it out today. Now let's get back to my conversation with Chris Ward here on the Productivityist podcast. All right, I want to talk about the Freedom Formula now because there, are, when people are saying, "Okay, I want to put this into place. I want to win the hour and I want to win the day," so what does the you, you mentioned the first part of it, which we which is focus, but let's dig into some of the other elements of it and give people kind of a, a bird's eye view or kind of a, a primer on what the freedom formula is and what it can offer. I, and, and the reason I want you to do it is because let me let me kind of preface this is when I when I uh, when someone has has their own framework that they put in place, it's yeah. so much easier for them because I know when I've sent emails out and talked about time crafting, like what does daily theming mean? What does mode based work mean? There's some nuanced stuff there that people don't 
and, and I know you're really close to it too. So that's another thing we're going to touch yeah. on is how close yeah. you are to it. But there is some nuance and some, and, and some passion behind it that doesn't yeah. necessarily translate when someone else says, you know, Hey, this is how, these are the five elements, blah, blah, you know, listing them off. So yeah, I, no list problem. them, but dig into them too. Don't just, I mean, I think that's the key element is, is what, not only what they are, but why they are integral to the formula. So what I did in the book, and, and what seems to be the success with the book is I worked really hard on it being an easy read and a relatable, you know, stories from day to day living that sort of help you relate to, ah, right? Because again, your your defenses go up and you say, you know what, my business is different. And I know for me, even focus, they talked about the dangers of multitasking and, you, you know, you're 40% less productive and all this stuff. And I thought, but you don't understand. I'm so passionate about my work. I want this so bad that somehow my human brain is wired differently than everybody else's. So I didn't buy into the damaging of the damages of not focusing for the longest time because I thought I was magically the exception to the rule. So what I do is I walk you through the book through different things. So the second one we talk about is forgetting. And I say, you know, here's a, a key element to success. And I talk about the difference between a struggler and a successful person. And that has nothing to do with income. A struggler, you know, can make just as much money, if not more than a successful person. It's really that a successful person can leave their business. The business continues. They're not constantly pushing it uphill, but more importantly than anything that they have a personal life. Okay. So that's the big difference. So in, when we start talking about forgetting and we talk about what's the difference between a successful person and a struggler, the main theme throughout there is, you know, is forgetting a, a struggler forgets the value, uh, you know, of not having, sorry, I'm stumbling here. A struggler forgets the importance of not having systems in place. So I always say a business is not run on memory that somebody at FedEx does not hand you an organ in a cooler for you to get to a hospital and says, do you have the, you have the address, right? right. You know, that's not how it goes. Right. So, then when you hear the word systems, everyone all of a sudden thinks that sounds heavy and complicated, but it doesn't have to be. It could no. just be something as simple as when I'm hopping on this podcast, I have a little list that comes up and I check cell phone is, you know, on cell phone is turned off. Skype is shut down, blah, blah, blah. All these different things. If I'm not using Skype, Slack is off, whatever. All this list I go through to make sure that I didn't forget that one thing was left on. So it's a very simple thing, but it excuses me from any hiccups during the process. Well, and, and I think the other thing, I mean, there's this great book, The Checklist Manifesto, right? The idea yes, of, yes. of, you know, and, and I think that, that no matter who you are, I don't care if you run a business or not, family, I mean, a household can be run like a business as well. Um, you know, the idea of being able to say, okay, this is something that I repeat. This is something that's a repeatable thing that I either A, need to do consistently and don't want to have anything fall through the cracks, number one. Or number two, I want to be able to pass this on. I want to be able to pass this off to somebody else. So like, for example, uh, you know, if I'm, whether it's it's me, you know, saying, hey, I need to uh, arrange for setting up for a podcast like you were you know, saying, OK, I need to make sure that I've got this notepad opened up and, and the ad break, you know, where I'm going to put the ad break and all that stuff that has to be done in advance. But by the same token, it's like, oh, we are going to list some personal items for sale on Facebook Marketplace. OK, what are the steps involved? Do I need to do that? Well, no, I don't necessarily need to do that. Somebody else can. So. I'll give you a, a quick example. My daughter uh, has an iPhone. I said, hey, create a shared album in, called Stuff to Sell. 
and share it with me and your mother. And then you and your, your, your brother go around and start to find the things that you can sell, that he can sell, that you're no longer using. And, and you know what? Tell you what. If you come to my office and find some stuff that you know I've said, hey, take a picture of this. Take All of a sudden, we're listing all this stuff. It's, it's something that you can kind of say, you, know, you can create this system around it so that later on, if we decide, hey, guess what? There's another round of things we might want to sell. It's, it's repeatable. You know what needs to be done. The checklist is there. And that way you don't have to worry about forgetting it because um, it's what's that adage that Field Notes, I think Field Notes has said this, I don't write it down to remember it uh, later, I write down write it down to remember it now. Like the idea of making sure that it's, it's, it's something that you could easily pass on and say, hey, you know what, whether it's, it's me later or whether it's somebody else later, I can look at this and know, have the, have the framework of what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I know for the longest time, I really just saw that as like a, an, a big, heavy infrastructure that somebody else would put into my calendar when I heard the word time management. And I totally get that. You know, people have said to me, listen, by the time I put that big structure in place, I could have got done whatever I was procrastinating. And this is really about simple strategies that you can implement immediately and start seeing results. And that will give you more time to get more results. I totally get it. I remember once in grade 11, I think I was in, I don't know why they have exams in the beginning of summer, but summer exams are coming up and all of a sudden I think, okay, you know what, this year will be different. Not always the greatest student in high school. I made this beautiful calendar, color coded it, did everything. <laughs> and then three weeks out, I'm like, oh, I haven't done any of the studying. So instead of cracking the books, I redid the calendar. <laughs> yep. so I was like, okay. So clearly, I don't need to keep going with this story to tell you how it ended. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about giving you extra work to create new systems when you already have so much to do. That's not what this is about. This is just changing some really basic human behaviors and making you sort of reframe how you see time and how you look at your day. And that's the biggest compliment I get all the time from people that read my book. It's like, oh my gosh, I see time differently. And that empowers them. And then we've got simple strategies you can put in place. But the mind shift is everything. Because it's kind of like I've worked with people in the fitness industry and, you know, somebody that lost 100 pounds, it's not like they suddenly discovered that you should eat better and exercise more. It was the mind shift that changes their perception and gave them the results. And it wasn't just done in one sitting either. No. I think it's yeah. the, I think a lot of people, what they want is they want it to either be done for them, which is why a lot of people rely on tools and apps because the app will do it for them, which is the old adage of garbage in garbage out applies there, yes. you know, but the other thing is that they want it done now. They, they want it done without putting in the effort. And the thing is, is that, and you've, you've heard me say this before, productivity is about intention plus attention and attention is not something that you just, you know, you, it's something you pay. That's why they say pay attention. It's, it's a transaction, right? It's like saying, Hey, I'm going to give this or offer or invest my intention or attention in this particular thing. So if you want to lose, uh, 
a, a specific amount of weight, or if you want to meditate for 25 minutes a day, then that's going to take effort. And the less effort you apply, which I mean, again, is directly correlated to the amount of attention that uh, attention that you give, then all of a sudden, you're going to see results that are less qualitative. I mean, you could easily I mean, that's why people love and, and we you, you touched on this when we had some correspondence was the idea of like the email app is not your to do list. The reason the email is so prevalent and inbox zero is so prevalent, I've touched on this before is because if you can knock off 30 emails in in an hour, let's say, um, it feels like you did 30 things. It can because you've broken it down, right? It's already, and actually, if anything, it's already been broken down for you. But if you were to say, if you were to compartmentalize that into one task, check email, and you spent an hour on that, then, then you start to think about it like, oh man, I spent all my time in email. Not necessarily like you, it's about optics. And I think that, that what I love about, you know, the idea of break, bringing it down to that 60 minute increment, it's almost like the same principles where you say, Hey, like take a break for 60 seconds and see how long that feels to you. It's like, Oh wow. It is more time than I give credit for. When I say to people, Hey journal, you know, the five minute journal, which is, you know, again, the five minute journal, uh, program, you know, whether the app or or the actual physical journal made in Toronto, it takes like what 0.037% of your 24 hour day to spend five minutes journaling. When you think about it in that perspective, what, why wouldn't you? You know, like the amount of time you spend there versus, say, on social media or watching Netflix or whatever, there's a lot more inherent value in saying, I'm going to take five minutes of my day and just capture something. And then figuring out, I think this is where your free, you know, where where the freedom formula comes in. And, and, you know, the idea of, of what you put in your book, it's once you've got that, it's about having, okay, now, how do I make sure I do this? So, yes, I know I need to meditate. Hey, I know I need to exercise. Hey, I know I need to you know, I have this repeatable thing in my business or in my life. Okay, I know I want to do something about it. Now, how? When you reframe people around that that idea, then it gives them some ideas that they can personalize themselves, right? Yeah, and you know, you touched on a number of really important things, I think. And one of them is tools. And I get that question, I'm sure you do a lot as well. Like, oh, it's a great tool and all this other stuff. And And for me, and we talk about this in the book too, I think tools should either be free or next to free, like you forgot how inexpensive they are and something that you can implement and use like almost immediately or within five minutes. And you're right. So many people will dive in and I've certainly did it in the past where I think, okay, this new software, state of the art, and never mind how much it costs me. I have this learning curve, but once I figure this out in like six to 12 weeks, it's going to take care of things on its own. It's going to be worth it. And it's just a really complicated, heavy distraction And then all of a sudden you're moving further away from the goal and 12 weeks out you realize it didn't work and now you have to learn something else. So that's really something I talk a lot about as well is tools only work if you've got an infrastructure in place. So uh, I, I shot a funny video on Instagram where I was using a hammer as an example and I said, look, this hammer doesn't make me a good carpenter. I cannot fix your house Mm -hmm. because I have this hammer. Now, the irony of it was I put it down on the chair beside me in the middle of the video. The hammer fell to the floor. I mean, so I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't (laughs) even hold a hammer. Never mind. So it was a really classic example. I said, okay, I'm going to keep going with the video. It was a really great example of I can't even hold a hammer. So this tool is not going to improve my carpentry skills, right? So that's another thing where in this day and age of technology and so many options and shiny object syndrome, it's so easy to get seduced and think, oh, right, this one thing will fix it. But you're right, garbage in, garbage out, and you cannot – 
you know, adding more technology or more people to a chaotic situation does not calm it down. So as we get close to wrapping up, I want to dig into an, a, how time in the day, the hour in the day is related to energy levels and how you're feeling and what you're able to accomplish based on your body clock. So I'm a night That's owl. Yeah. So yeah. I want to dig into that because um, one of the things I've strategized with, and I just did this recently, Chris, is I, is I changed my podcasting uh, time frame and coaching yeah. timeframes so that they happened earlier in the day. Not super early, yeah. not not beyond what I'm willing to get up at, but yeah. the idea of starting them at say like nine or, or 9.30, because what it does as a night owl is it forces me to show up for them. So there, there's, a, there's a motivator, there's an intrinsic trigger that happens there that's external, because for me, I'm not gonna do much for myself in the morning anyways, because I'm a night owl. My prime time happens in the later part of the day. So first off, I want to ask you, where do you fall into that? Are you more of a morning person, more of a night owl? And secondly, how do you help, like how does what you've talked about in the book relate to helping people frame their their hours and their day so that they can uh, you know, listen to and follow their body clock? Yeah, well, I'm definitely a morning person. <laughs> I get quite sucky at night, so I'm definitely a morning person. But that's a really good point, and, and that's the part where – people just sort of fall into something they've done by default, like check their emails first, scan it for any problems, start reacting, keep an eye on, you know, any potential fires they have to put out. And the first thing I would say, and and people bring this up all the time, is like, oh, I'm a night owl, I'm this. And you may be, but there is great science behind the fact that in the morning, we are fully charged like our cell phone and our battery is there. We don't have decision fatigue. We don't have issues with attention residue where we've pulled our attention away, come back and didn't bring all our brain cells completely back with us on that one. So we sort of almost start losing our stickability as far as our thoughts go. And so what I would suggest is, and and this yields great results and it takes a, it's a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but what you really want to do is things that require the most focus or creativity first thing in the morning. And then I get that pushback. Sometimes people say, well, uh, you know, if somebody sent me an email, I don't want them waiting to 10 or 11 o'clock to get that email. And I think, Hmm, if you had an opportunity to meet with somebody this morning about a potential client and a big sale, would you say like, I can't meet with you first thing because I have to go through my emails? No. So, you know, you, these people will wait for you when, when it's worthy, right? So what I would tell you is you really do want to take a look at your day and start moving things around and realize when you start getting bigger and, and bigger, bigger and better results and it will make such a difference. And then, you know, then you can sail through your emails or your Instagram or things that require less uh, focus energy or things that you've done a lot longer, a little bit later in the day. But again, you can't improve what you don't measure. So you have to have these things strategically placed to start examining where you do get results. And that includes, this is something we, I think we don't talk about enough, is I had to learn to stop for lunch, I had to learn how to chew slower because I was so used to to-do list in one hand, banging out some emails while I was on the phone on hold, answering questions to somebody on my team thinking I was getting stuff done while I was throwing stuff down my throat, chewing quickly. And of course, if I'm doing all that, it's not a salad usually, right? Mm -hmm. So stopping for lunch is such a like simple thing but really recharges the better 
the battery and chew slowly and eat and digest your food because you you know, you are a being that needs fuel. So little things like that sound almost too simple to be true. But my clients will tell you like, oh my gosh, Chris, it's basic, but it's powerful. And I'm ashamed that I, you know, didn't know better 10 years ago. Chris, this has been great. It's been, I mean, there's so much more that we could get into. Uh, but in the interest of uh, time and thinking about it differently for people that are going forward, uh, I want to wrap up. But the the book is called Win the Hour, Win the Day. And what what's one thing that a person listening right now could do to start kind of espousing that and, and start by winning that hour and then therefore being able to win the day? Don't overthink it, but start looking at your calendar as you know your blueprint for the day your gps for the day it's you know don't look at it like a diary and wrote write down today what you did yesterday plan your time and say okay i'm going to do this from 9 to 10 10 to 11 and what will be shocking to you is you'll look and go oh oh my gosh well i don't have time to do these 14 things i thought i'd get done tomorrow because it's just time. I, I There's an interesting thing coming out with Bill Gates, and I put a little clip of that on Instagram, yep. and, and they said, look, time is the only commodity he can't purchase. He can purchase everything else, but he's got the same amount of time in the day that we do. So it's really powerful when you just start putting in one-hour blocks on your calendar of what you have to get done because the big mistake that most people have in their day is they think they have eight hours and they're not counting all this stuff, but they might only have four hours. So you're right off the bat, you've got some really bad math and you're set up to fail. So that one thing, if you could just start tomorrow putting down one hour increments of what you have to work on, I think that will be a big step for you. Chris, where can people keep up with you and your work so they can, you know, they can uh, keep tabs and, and tell you how they are starting to win the hour and then win the day. Well, you can always find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Reach out. Tell me you heard me on this great podcast. I would love to know that. And uh, you can check out our page, winthehourwintheday.com. And, of course, grab the book off Amazon. Chris, thanks so much for joining me today on the Productivityist Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm a fan, so this has been very exciting. And that's how the conversation went down. I'd like to thank Chris Ward for joining me on the program. You can get all the show notes just by looking at your podcast app. It's right there in front of you, whatever you're using to listen to this podcast. I like Overcast. I'm on iOS, but you might like Castro or the Apple Podcast native app or maybe Spotify. Nonetheless, you can find the show notes there. Or if you want to go to the website, it's productivityist.com slash podcast 273. Everything will be there as well. You can even listen to the podcast right from there. So uh, I encourage you to check that out if you want to get all the details and, and look at all the things that we talked about during this episode. Now, if you enjoyed the show, I encourage you to also subscribe to the show. Get every single episode. We're 273 episodes in at this point. There's a good back catalog for you to go back and listen to. And that way you don't miss a single episode of what's coming. I've got episodes planned, I kid you not, all the way until April of 2020 as you're listening to this right now. So there are a lot of great episodes coming down the pipeline and I don't want you to miss a single one. So subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app of choice. And if you like this particular episode, a rating and review in wherever you're listening to this podcast would be really helpful. I look at all the comments and I appreciate all the feedback and it helps me make the show better. Now I want to share with you my Productivityist Podcast Pick of the Week. And this is a bit different. This is not necessarily going to be a spoken word podcast. It's more like a sound-oriented podcast. Now my daughter's got me into some of this ASMR stuff. I'm actually thinking about doing some of the ASMR stuff. Maybe a video on my YouTube channel, which I talked about a little bit earlier in this episode. But this 
podcast series is really neat. It's not terribly long either. It's called A Walk in Japan. It's SW945, A Walk in Japan. And it's hosted by Craig Maud. And really what it is, it's a binaural audio that he's recorded wherever he may be at 9.45 a.m. as he's walking through. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's lots of things that he's been doing. Uh, coffee, parlor, like there's there's so many episodes. As I'm looking at this right now, we are, we, and he does it by seasons too. So there's different seasons here um, and different days and stuff like that. So I, if you're into that sort of thing, let's say you're going for a walk yourself and you want to hear what it's like to go for a walk in different areas and you don't want to listen to any, you know, spoken word or anything like that. You don't want to listen to music. This could be the thing for you. So I rather like this, uh, this, this podcast, these series of episodes, it's SW945, a walk in Japan by Craig Maud. And again, it's been, he's been doing this daily, uh, for, for quite some time. And you can learn more information at craigmod.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But this is my productivity's podcast pick of the week. SW945, a walk in Japan this is my productivity as podcast pick of the week. We're all done for today. Thanks so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. And if you want to show your support for the show, other than subscribing, giving a rating or review, help our sponsors out. Any of the sponsors to this episode and past episodes, let them know that you heard about them on the productivity as podcast. It just really makes a difference. You've made a difference in my day by listening to the show. I hope I made a difference in yours. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later.